from Tokyo, Japan and New Plymouth, New Zealand. This is Down to Business English with your hosts, Skip Montreux and Samantha Vega. Hello, Samantha. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you too, Skip. Although, by the time our listeners hear this, 2024 will be well underway. Well, regardless, I hope your 2024, well, no, I hope everyone's 2024 is off to a good start. For me, so far so good. But what about you? Japan had a terrible first couple of days. Oh, yeah, you are referring to the New Year's Day earthquake in Ishikawa, followed by the airplane collision at Haneda Airport. Yes, the last headline I read was that the death hole from the earthquake was over 80 killed and it is expected to rise. I know, very tragic for so many families. And the collision between that Japan Airlines flight and a Coast Guard plane on January 2nd. Did you see the footage of the explosion? It's unbelievable that it didn't claim more lives. I did. Five of the six crew members on that Coast Guard plane were killed, but it was truly amazing that all of the 379 passengers and crew on the JAL flight managed to evacuate safely. People are saying that it was nothing short of a miracle. Well, aviation safety experts are saying that that so-called miracle was a result of a carefully practiced and professionally executed evacuation on the part of the JAL crew. And they are giving kudos to the passengers for following instructions so well. I know the next time I fly, I'm going to pay a little more attention to the safety demonstration at the beginning of the flight. Me too. Most people tend to ignore it. I am certainly guilty of that. Anyway, putting all that aside, we should turn to our topic for today. Yes, we should. What business topic do you have for us for our very first episode of Down to Business English for 2024? I don't know if you are aware of this, but New Plymouth... Where you live in New Zealand. Yes, the city that I've called home for the past six years. New Plymouth is home to Port Taranaki, the only deep water port on the west coast of New Zealand. Mm, no, I was not aware of that. It is very much an industrial port, but port management has put a strategy in place to attract more cruise liners to make port calls. Cruise ships? I did not realize New Plymouth was such a tourist destination. Well, they are trying to change that. Port Taranaki is only 15 minutes by car from my house, and I've certainly noticed a big uptick in cruise ships visiting the port. In fact, this summer will be a record-setting season for luxury liner visits. How many? Seven. And the port is aiming to increase that to 28 visits a season by 2028. Is this our topic today, Samantha? The cruise line industry? Yes, it is quite fascinating. Okay, I am all ears. So let's do it. Let's get D2B down to business with what you need to know about the global cruise line industry. I have to be honest, Samantha, I know very little about the cruise line industry. In fact, my whole image 
of it is based on watching The Love Boat in the early 1980s when I was a teenager. I have that song singing through my head now. I myself (laughs) have gone on a cruise once many, many years ago, and I can tell you that it was nothing like The Love Boat. Okay, so for listeners who may be slightly younger than us, The Love Boat was a very popular weekly American TV show that aired from, I think, around the mid-70s into the 80s. 1977 to 1986, actually. A total of nine seasons. And every episode had a storyline centered around passengers' adventures while they were cruising aboard the Pacific Princess, the name of the ship. I'm sure you can still find episodes of The Love Boat on streaming services or YouTube. The theme song is definitely one for the ages. (laughs) It is, but I'm not going to try to sing it. (laughs) Good idea. But I will try to find the theme song on YouTube and post a link to it in the show notes for today's episode. Another good idea. Anyway, sorry for getting us off track talking about the love boat. No, it is good that you brought it up because that television show is known in the industry as the greatest product placement ever. And it was also instrumental in ushering in the modern cruise line industry. Exactly how instrumental or important was the show? In the early 1970s, approximately 500,000 passengers a year took cruise ship holidays. Half a million people. And the demographic was primarily young couples on their honeymoon or retirees. Mm, You know, I do remember that old adage, taking a cruise was for... The newlywed or the nearly dead? Like a couple of towns I've lived in. (laughs) But the love boat changed all of that. By the time it went off air, the number of cruise passengers had grown to 3.5 million per year. Oh, wow. And you said that was in 1986? Yes. And since then, the cruise line industry has seen staggering growth, both in terms of passenger numbers and the sizes of the ships. So... 3.5 million people back in 1986. What kind of numbers are cruising today? In 2019, there were 29.7 million passengers. Of course, the COVID pandemic completely devastated the industry after that. But last year, in 2023, passenger numbers surpassed pre-pandemic levels. Hang on. It's only early January 2024. They already have the final numbers for 2023? They haven't been completely tabulated yet, but it's believed that 32.5 million people went on a cruise of some type in 2023. That is an amazing recovery. But it seems to me that the sector is full of competition. Although, I suppose some outfits didn't survive the pandemic. There are many cruise line brands, true. But in reality, many of them are subsidiaries of one of three parent companies. In fact, the industry is often referred to as an oligopoly. An oligopoly, meaning that only a handful of companies control the entire market. Exactly. And the big three are Royal Caribbean, Carnival, and Norwegian Cruise Lines. I recognize all of those names. All three of them are publicly traded companies, no? Yes, they are. And there is also MSC out of Italy, which is the world's largest privately held cruise company. And how do these companies compare in terms of market share? 
Royal Caribbean, and Carnival have 63% of the market, MSC 17%, and Norwegian 8%. That adds up to what? 88%? There are smaller companies such as Disney, Star, and Dream Cruise Lines that make up the remaining 12%. Okay. So the cruise line industry is back on a growth trajectory after COVID. It seems that way. And if you consider that over 4 billion people a year fly to their destination and compare that to the 32.5 million who are taking cruises, you would have to say that this is a very underpenetrated market. Sure, but those 4 billion airline passengers aren't all on holidays. No, but still, there is room for growth in cruising. Well, obviously, cruise ships will never compete with a jet airplane, at least in terms of speed. And that is why cruise lines are more focused on the experience or the journey they offer to passengers, opposed to just delivering them to a holiday destination. And how do they go about doing that? By offering entertainment and activities. On cruises today, you can expect great restaurants, world-class nightclubs, movie theaters, Broadway shows, water parks, casinos. Oh, wait, I can play poker on a cruise ship? (laughs) Of course. You name it, you can do just about anything. Is this why we are seeing a trend towards ever larger cruise ships? That is precisely why. Royal Caribbean's Icon of the Seas is the world's largest cruise ship and will have her maiden voyage later this month. On January 27th. And just exactly how large is this icon of the seas? She carries 7,600 passengers. And that doesn't include the 2,350 crew members. Just under 10,000 people. Incredible. It is hard to fathom. But these megaships allow the cruise lines to offer a wider range of experiences to a wider demographic while at the same time, they can scale their product. What do you mean exactly scale their product? By servicing more passengers on a ship, they can bring the costs down. Ah, economy of scale. So who are all of these passengers? I mean, it can't just be newlyweds and retirees anymore filling those cabins. According to data from CLIA, The Cruise Lines International Association, CLIA. 33% of passengers in 2019 were over 60 years of age. 32% between 40 and 59. 20% between 20 and 39. And 17% were 19 and under. So 52% of the passengers were either Gen Xers, Millennials, or Gen Zs. And that is where it gets interesting. Over 80% of the Gen Xers and Gen Zs said they intend to go on another cruise in the future. And over 85% of the Millennials say the same. Samantha, you and I are both Gen X. Are you in any way interested in taking a cruise for your next holiday? I have to admit that there is something appealing about it. But you know me. I try to live as eco-friendly as possible, and the big downside to cruise ships is their impact on the environment. Cruising is bad for the environment? From the heavy fuel they burn to the disposal, sometimes illegal disposal, of waste at sea, 
They are notoriously harmful. But having said that, the newer ships that are coming online are making strides in the right direction. Hmm, that is good to know. What are they doing to be more environmentally friendly? Take Royal Caribbean's Icon of the Seas, for example. It's powered by liquid natural gas, which is a lot cleaner than bunker fuel. And it has a specially coated hull that reduces friction. Hmm, which will allow it to cut through the water more efficiently, saving fuel. The ship can also connect to land-based power when it is in port, so they don't have to burn fuel to generate electricity. Well, it appears the industry is trying to be more eco-friendly. They are. In fact, there is an industry-wide goal of achieving net zero carbon emissions by 2050. So with that in mind, Samantha, do you ever see yourself taking a cruise? I'd like to see more evidence that the industry has reduced its environmental footprint. But if it turns out they can, sure, I'd consider it. How about you, Skip? Oh, I'm in. I was sold when you said I could play poker on board. <laughs> doesn't take much to persuade you. No, it doesn't. On that note, I think it is time for us to get D2V down to vocabulary. The first item on D2V today is the phrase, nothing short of. You can use this phrase to emphasize that something is very impressive or very special. It also communicates that the result of something that happened was much better than expected. In the introduction of today's report, when Samantha and I were talking about the JAL flight that crashed at Haneda Airport, she commented that the evacuation was nothing short of a miracle. In other words, I was saying the safe evacuation of all the passengers and crew was far more successful than one would expect in such a dangerous situation. It was like a miracle. It absolutely was a miracle. Can you give us a business example using the phrase nothing short of, Samantha? Imagine your company launches a new product and sales are much stronger than you thought they would be. You could say something like this to your colleague. Our product launch was nothing short of amazing. If that happened at my company, my boss's reaction would be nothing short of overjoyed. <laughs> nice extra example there, Skip. Thanks. What's next on the list? The next word is the verb to air. In the context of traditional broadcast media, to air a TV program or to air a radio show means to broadcast it all over the airwaves so people can watch or listen to it. You produce a weekly radio show from New Zealand that airs in Fukuoka, Japan. Don't you, Samantha? I do. The Sunrise on 76.1 Love FM. Oh, great. Everyone check it out. My show airs seven days a week from 5 a.m. to 7 a.m. I'll try to get up. Anyway... In today's day and age, to air simply means to distribute any type of media to your audience. It doesn't have to be traditional TV or legacy radio. That's right. Cable TV, streaming services, podcasts. You can use air with any of them. So if everything goes smoothly, this episode of Down to Business English will air on January 11th. A very realistic example. 
Now, getting back to the report, when Skip and I were talking about the hit TV show, The Love Boat, he mentioned that it aired in the 70s and 80s. He was saying The Love Boat was on TV at that time. I was. But there is a slightly different way we can use to air, isn't there? There is. Another nuance of the verb to air is to openly discuss your thoughts or concerns in a public setting, in the open air, so everyone can hear them. For instance, in a business meeting, if someone says, I want to air my concerns about the project timeline, they are saying that they want to talk openly about their worries or issues. Exactly. It's very common in business to use to air when you want to bring up important points or issues for discussion. Our final item on D2V today is the idiom hard to fathom. This is a really interesting expression that is used often in both business and everyday English conversations. But we should explain what a fathom is though. Yes, let's break this idiom down a bit. A fathom is a unit of length that is used to measure the depth of water. One fathom is equal to six feet, or 1.8 meters, I believe. That sounds about right. Now, in modern times, the international standard of measuring the depth of water is the meter. But in the old days, sailors measured the water's depth in fathoms. And as you can imagine, knowing how deep the water is, is really important when you're sailing. Of course. You don't want to run your ship aground at the bottom of the harbor or the bay. And if sailors couldn't fathom the water, in essence measure its depth, that is exactly what would happen. So idiomatically, hard to fathom means difficult to understand. Precisely. In our report, Samantha commented that the passenger capacity of the largest cruise ship in the world, the Icon of the Seas, was hard to fathom. That meant that it's very difficult to understand how a single ship can accommodate nearly 10,000 people. And in a business context, there are many, many situations where this phrase is applicable. Consider a tech company that experiences a sudden and massive surge in market value. Hmm, like how NVIDIA's share price has skyrocketed over the past 12 months. Perfect example. You might say NVIDIA's rapid growth from $150 a share to $500 a share in just under one year is hard to fathom. Do you know what else is hard to fathom? No. What's hard to fathom? That I spent every Saturday night from 1980 to 1984 in front of the TV watching The Love Boat. Oh my gosh, really? I hope that is just an example. Would you like to help D2B reach more people wanting to improve their business English skills? Be sure to follow D2B on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or any place podcasts are found. While you are there, leave a rating and a review and tell everyone how much you enjoy the show. And that wraps up our very first episode of Down to Business English for 2024. I hope everyone enjoyed it and found the vocabulary we discussed useful. 
Thank you very much, Samantha, for reporting on the cruise line industry for us. You are more than welcome, Skip. As it seems, New Plymouth is going to be seeing more and more of these ships visiting our port. I was happy to look into the topic. And a note to our D2B members. Make sure you are subscribed to your members-only RSS feed. The bonus vocabulary for today's episode will air within the next 24 hours, and you want to be sure to get that. You don't want to miss that. If by chance you haven't subscribed to the member-only podcast yet, just go to the D2B website and log into your member account. There you will find your member-only RSS feed, which you can copy and paste into your favorite podcast platform. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, whichever one you use. The five additional words and phrases we will focus on will be to give kudos, an uptick, to surpass, to tabulate, and the noun outfit. And if you are not a D2B member, I can't fathom why you're not, why don't you become one? Not only will you have access to all D2B members only podcasts, the bonus D2V episodes, and the audio script library, your membership will help keep Down to Business English on the air. To become a member, go to d2benglish.com forward slash membership and sign up. That's D, the number two, B, English.com forward slash membership. Thanks for listening, everyone. See you next time. Take care. Down to Business English. Business news to improve your business English.